Our new study on the authority of the Bible. Is there a God? Has he revealed himself? Is nature any kind of a testimony about the existence of God? Listen to what David wrote in Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. The voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the earth. The heavens are remarkable, and if God never spoke in any other way, creation speaks for him. What we see in the heavens came from somewhere. Someone made them. Someone put them in place. That someone, the Bible tells us, was the Creator. Now, is God silent? Since there is a Creator, does He talk? The gods which men have always made, out of stone or wood or metal, they were dumb. They said nothing. Are we responsible to the Creator? Are we accountable to Him? Will there be a meeting someday in the future between Him and us? Will it be a confrontation? A judgment? Now, while revelation by nature might tell us that there is a God, it falls short of telling us how we can please Him or what He expects of us. Nature does not tell us who He is. It doesn't tell us anything about His basis of approval or acceptance nor does it speak about our eternal destiny. Therefore, we need an additional revelation. We call it a special revelation. And there is a special revelation, Jesus said. He said it came through man. He identified those men as prophets. God spoke directly through them, the Old Testament prophets but he also spoke in various other ways. He spoke on tablets of stone, through a burning bush, through handwriting on a wall in Babylon, and he spoke through angels. The writer of the New Testament book of Hebrews expressed it this way, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. A prophet is a man through whom God chose to speak. He became the voice of God to the people. But that created a problem. The people weren't always sure who was the prophet of God and who was a false prophet. In the book of Moses, known as Deuteronomy, Moses spoke about this matter. He first spoke about a coming prophet in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, when he said, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, like you, Moses, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall come about 
that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. And then Moses wrote, But the prophet who shall speak a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he shall speak in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And you may say in your heart, Moses told the people, How shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? And his answer is this, and it's the test of a prophet. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. This passage speaks about many prophets and also a prophet, a prophet who is greater than all the others, the one who would come who would take Moses' place. And God through Moses said the people should listen to his words because God would speak through that man. He said that in verse 18, And I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, Moses, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Who was that great prophet? It's Jesus, according to the New Testament. There is no doubt that Peter was convinced that Jesus was that promised prophet. The early church believed it also. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, when Peter was speaking about the newfound faith, he talked about Jesus and said, Whom heaven must receive, until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. Moses said, The Lord God shall raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed in everything he says to you, and it shall be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And likewise, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announce these days. It is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Those descendants of Abraham did not accept Jesus as the one who Moses spoke about. They valued their religion, Judaism, more than the messenger from God. Note what Peter said, You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And here he was quoting what Moses had written. Now, what happens to those who refuse this prophet as God's spokesman? Well, verse 23 says, They shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Jesus spoke with that kind of authority also. He said, He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And the Apostle John was very dogmatic about this person also. 
He wrote in John chapter 3, verse 18, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. From that verse, we can see God's perspective of mankind, that there are only two kinds of people in the world, those who are condemned and those who are not condemned. And what decides in which group we fall? Whether or not we believe in him, the one God has sent. Listen to that verse again. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who believes not is condemned already because he has what? He has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So important was this messenger of God that he alone was to be the center of man's attention and faith. And Jesus came with such authority that he said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, it wouldn't do much good to send a prophet into the world unless there were a record of what he did and what he said. Just as the word of God was recorded through the Old Testament prophets, so we have a New Testament record of what this prophet, Jesus, the Son of God, came to say and do for the Father. Why should heaven's message be sent to the world for only one generation? That wouldn't make much sense for Jesus to come here only in the first century and then for there to be no record of what he said for the Father and what he did. Now the question that men ask is, do we have a record of what Jesus said and did? Is it an accurate record? Is it reliable? Since he came to speak for God, it sounds reasonable that whatever he said and whatever he did would be recorded with specific details, precise declarations, and exact expressions of the Creator's mind. There wouldn't be much purpose in a message if the accuracy of the transmission of that message is not ensured. That argues for a divine record which is protected by the power of God. If God is going to hold me accountable, then he needs to see that I get a record that is reliable so he can hold me accountable for what he has said through his Son, Jesus Christ. Listen to how Jesus expressed the words of God. In John chapter 5, verse 24, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Notice he said, he who hears my words. But then he said, and believes him who sent me, who sent him. Jesus claimed that God sent him, and here he is telling those Jews to whom he was speaking that they needed to believe God. But they were to believe God as God spoke through Jesus. Jesus claimed he was speaking for the Father. 
And in John chapter 12, verse 49, he said, For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me commandment, what to say and what to speak. Now this happened almost 2,000 years ago when Jesus came as a living revelation. The Gospel of John tells us about that when John wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Creator began to reveal himself through the Word, the Word who became flesh 2,000 years ago. We know him as Jesus, but he was in the beginning with God and was God. He was God the Son, equal with God and was God. In tomorrow's program, we'll talk about when divine revelation began. I'll be here, and I hope you'll join us. In closing, we want our listeners to know that all of these teachings on the authority of the Bible are available on six tapes. You can get information about our tape cassette courses by writing to the Radio Bible Course and asking for our tape brochure. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavoda reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.